You know, it's a slow transition. It's a slow, gradual, patient transition. Um, you know, when I got to New York and I was ready, I was like, here I come. I'm ready to be on TV news and I'm great. And it did not work. It was did not work like that. It was, no, you're not good enough. You don't have the right look. You have a funny accent. You're from Canada. It was door closed after door closed. And I just had this drive. I knew I wanted to do it. I know I could do it. That doesn't mean that that those no's and that rejection didn't get to me. It did. It really did bother me. But even more so, it became the fuel. Like, you can't tell me I, I, I can't do it. Oh, I'm going to show you I can do it. Hey, welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubeda. In episode 30, we catch up with Elizabeth Karaksa, an executive coach and career strategist and former Reuters TV anchor who trains, coaches, and strategizes to help people boost job performance, excel in their careers, and find their voice as a leader. Elizabeth's been featured on CNN, Fox News, and iHeartRadio, just to name a few. And on this episode of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, we talk to her about the challenges that she's faced and overcome to become a Reuters TV anchor and how her journey has prepared her to become an industry-leading career coach and television contributor. You won't want to miss this episode, but first, a word from our sponsor. If you are a small to mid-sized accounting firm and you are dissatisfied with your current IT security network's response time, visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions prides itself on providing its clients worry-free, rapid response and resolution times, usually within one hour or less. Visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions resolution and response times puts them in the top 3% of IT support companies nationwide. Schedule a free IT network security consultation for your business today by mentioning the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast at www.ins-network.com. On the line, we have Elizabeth Karaka. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? It's close. It's Karatsa. Karatsa. You know what? It always sounds better when the owner of the name says it, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're so true. So true. My last name, you see, that gets butchered all the time. I've heard every, every conceivable combination you can think of. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that. I've had a lifetime of that, so I do feel your pain. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So, so guys, uh, real quickly, Elizabeth is a career coach and television contributor with a huge, a vast uh, array of experiences that we're going to uh, ask her to share with us on the show. Uh, you're going to love uh, her story. So Elizabeth, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, share with our audience, if you will, just a little bit about uh, some, of your, uh, some, of, uh, some of your previous work experience, and then we'll go ahead and dial in and share uh, with the audience what it is that you're actually doing now. Yes. Well, you know, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and I worked in politics there as a policy advisor. And then I, you know, my minister resigned and my party lost. So I thought, okay, I want some more job security and I really want to be helping, helping people. So I always thought about journalism. Um, so I went into journalism. I'm not sure I fully thought out the whole 
job security part. Uh, there's a lot of layoffs in journalism um, now, but but yes, I went into journalism and um, I ended up working at uh, Thomson Reuters, or at Reuters Television. I was a television anchor there for years, and I ran the U.S.-China Business TV News Desk. I traveled the globe interviewing top CEOs and executives and millionaire and billionaire investors, um, reported from the Stock Exchange uh, in Times Square and down on Wall Street, and it was a really, really, really great experience. Uh, I learned a lot, and um, it definitely wasn't an easy road to get there, um, starting out on air in the number one news market in the world, but, but I did it, and it felt great, and it was, it was really a great experience. Yeah, no pressure, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I Honestly, I think anyone that, that signs up for live TV is like a little bit crazy, or at least I can just speak for myself when I say that, putting yourself in that position, it's, uh, it is a lot of pressure. But then, you know, that's what really gave me the confidence growing up. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was very self-conscious. I was very shy. Um, I wasn't very vocal. I didn't feel like I had a strong voice now looking back. So it's interesting that I picked, you know, being a television reporter and then being a television anchor where you're just kind of thrown into live television and you've got to go no matter what. So what a great, what a great training. And this is this was in HD too. Yes, yes, <laughs> HD. <laughs> no pressure again, right, David? No pressure again to to try to look your best, right? Well, let's let's talk about that real quickly, since you were um, kind enough to share just some of that that uh, honest and authentic um, uh, experience that you were going through. So first and foremost, you grew up, you didn't have the confidence, maybe even the self esteem at that point. And then how does one person, uh, specifically someone uh, in your position, go from not having confidence and really shy to being now on, you know, the most viewed, one of the most viewed television shows in terms of news uh, in -hmm. the world uh, in HD? How, How does one make that transition? You know, it's a slow transition. It's a slow, gradual, patient transition. Um, you know, when I got to New York and I was ready, I was like, here I come. I'm ready to be on TV news and I'm great. And it did not work. It was did not work like that. It was, no, you're not good enough. You don't have the right look. You have a funny accent. You're from Canada. It wow. was door closed after door closed, and I just had this drive. I knew I wanted to do it. I know I could do it. That doesn't mean that that those no's and that rejection didn't get to me. It did. It really did bother me. But even more so, it became the fuel. Like, you can't tell me I I can't do it? Oh, I'm going to show you I can do it. So um, that's kind of how, how I got there. And then I was petrified the first time I was filmed and I was going to be on on air. I was absolutely petrified. I'd never been so scared in my entire life, but I did it anyway. And it's like the more you do it, just like presentations or being in front of a group at a meeting or you're on TV or you're a podcast, you know, host or or guest, the more you do it, the more repetition, the more experience, the more confidence you get. And what I would do is I would watch my stand-ups or my reports back so I could see where I could improve. I love it. I love it. Um, Two things, two takeaways that I'm getting from what you just said. The first is I'm also amazed when working with clients, 
how they have this image and we're working towards an outcome that doesn't exist yet, but we're working towards becoming that person that can handle that outcome. But then once we actually are there and we, we're present in the moment, the outcome that we've been working towards for you know, whatever amount of time it's been, we're here, it's in our hand, we can breathe it, we can soak it in, then all of a sudden the nerves kick in. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like, yes. holy cow. What do I do now? <laughs> yes, yes. And I think it's important to remember, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, to not make a mistake, to not slip up. But I'm here to remind everybody that the best in the business make flubs. They slip up. They say the wrong thing. They stutter. They stammer. And you know what? It's okay. You correct yourself and you move on. And in my coaching practice and even having been an anchor, that was my biggest problem. My biggest challenge, my biggest issue was it has to be perfect. I can't make a mistake. If I make a mistake, I'm not going to be good enough. Okay. That was the story I was telling myself. So think about what story are you telling yourself in that moment? Um, and that, that's what really puts the pressure on. So again, you make a mistake, you make a flub, something wasn't as cohesive as you wanted it to be. You correct it and you move on and you don't make it a big deal because we all do it. The best in the business does it. And it doesn't mean that your interview or your presentation is still not going to be an A presentation. That's very true, very true. Um, let's review some of your, uh, some, some highlights in your career. What's, what's a moment in your career uh, as a journalist that you'll never forget uh, whether it be an interview or an acknowledgement, uh, an achievement? You know, for me, it was being sent to Singapore um, as an anchor um, to set up a bureau there within within Reuters, um, a television bureau. We had a large client, CCTV, Chinese Central Television, and I was sent there to train some of the newspaper reporters to speak on air um, because that's a whole different ballgame right? Everybody has a different set of expertise. And it was also for myself to report on air live. And I had never done Asian markets before. And uh, so there was a lot of fear there. Um, but I did my research. As soon as I arrived, I went and talked to the newspaper reporters who were reporting on Asian markets all the time. And it was a new market for me. And I just, I prepared as much as I could. I had faith and I did it. And it worked out really well. You know, they were so happy with me. They had invited me to stay on. Of course, I couldn't. I, I wanted and needed to come back to New York City. But the fact that um, I was able to do that on live TV and they, they liked it so much that they wanted me to stay on and be their anchor there in Singapore, it was a really, really, really great feeling. It was a really great feeling, I must say. That's awesome. What's been one of the most challenging things uh, of your journey in journalism? I think uh, as someone who's uh, a fan of the news and, and, and just how people deliver uh, the news in terms of their personalities and, and professionalism, et cetera, taking note of all those things, what's one of the challenges that you've uh, encountered that was really tough but then you found a way to get past it. You know, I think that um, coming from Toronto and coming from a different work environment, going into news in the number one market, it's extremely competitive. It can be extremely cutthroat. 
And I was not accustomed to that. I was not accustomed to that. Um, and my type of personality was also back then um, a people pleaser, you know, mm-hmm. someone who wanted to, to please and, and do what was supposed to be done and share everything and share contacts and share sources and everybody um, love each other. And, and you know what? It just doesn't work like that in New York City. It, does, it doesn't in, in, in that industry that I was in. So, you know, we didn't learn about that in school. We didn't learn that not to, how to not take things personally. So it was teaching myself that, look, this is business. Of course, you're going to have personal relationships and you're going to probably make some best friends along the way in the different workplaces you are. Friends you're going to have for life. But the bottom line is not everyone is going to be like that. And that's okay. Okay. And it's okay if someone doesn't like you or if someone doesn't accept you because you don't have to be communicate with them outside of the office. So the biggest, probably one of the biggest learning curves for me was don't take it personally. It's business. This is just business. And I don't have to deal with this person or, or the crazy politics that are happening right now uh, outside of the office. That's good. That's good. One more question about the journalism piece. To be in your position, I mean, you've got to be like on your game. I'm sure the pressure was on. I'm sure you felt it from time to time. How did you handle the pressure of being on that desk and running such an important uh, division uh, or department uh, for that particular group? You know what? Um, You have good people that help you. I had a great producer, and I worked with different anchors and and cameramen and editors, and it's like, and you work as a team. So being able to rely and count on other members of the team is very helpful. And I think also reminding myself that what what is the goal here? What is the goal for the company? What is the goal for the unit? the desk I'm on, what is my goal in this? And it's striving for those goals that really help move you forward. And the pressure and the stress was a lot when you're on television and I was also producing live television. Um, Going over to the NASDAQ, communicating with people in Beijing that sometimes spoke English and sometimes didn't. And you want to make sure they're getting that feed, they're getting that that Mandarin-speaking anchor at the NASDAQ all the way over to Beijing, China on CCTV. So that is a lot of pressure. But what I loved about it is that you needed to make decisions and you learn how to make decisions in split seconds because it's live. Live television doesn't wait for anyone. So to have that skill set, um, I'm really grateful for. I'm really grateful for. And the stress part, well, you know what? What do you do after work? So it's like for me, it was walking, walking home from the office, being in New York, everybody walks. And um doing yoga, and then again, surrounding myself with people outside the office that were supportive, that wanted to see me succeed, that loved me. Because you always want to have that supportive environment. You might not always have it in the workplace, but you, you want to make sure you, you have it at home for sure. Agreed, agreed. Because you can't always be, quote unquote, on, right? The switch can't always be on. You've got to be able to find an environment of relationships, that can nurture you and where you don't have to be the rock star rooter reporter and you can just be yourself, right? 
Exactly, exactly. And when you are on television, you do talk a lot. And it's like sometimes you get tired of hearing your, your own voice. So it's kind of nice to come home or, like, or, you know, go out with friends and just sit back and listen, you know. And that's what I love about um, being a coach now is, like, you really you get to listen. You get to listen to people's challenges, to their stories, and, and analyze and strategize how, how you can help them. And, and I feel like having been a journalist and an anchor, and a producer, um, it really trained me for what I do now because when you're interviewing someone, you're listening, you're listening and you're letting your curiosity lead you so you know which question to ask next. That's a great segue and I wanted to uh, make sure that we had some time to talk about what you're doing now. Uh, you launched your own consulting firm, um, what, seven or eight years ago, I believe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you've landed some pretty big you know, clients uh, Morgan Stanley, um, <laughs> to name a few. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's yes. That, what's that? What is that like now? This new role. Tell us a little bit about what Elizabeth is doing now and the impact she's making in the world. I love it. I love what I do now. And it was it was hard to step away. It was hard to step away um, because we often become that identity. What we do, we are tied up with that identity. So it's kind of creating a new work identity for yourself. But I knew I wanted to make this leap because my favorite part of the job in television was really when I would be sitting with someone before an interview and I would notice that they were nervous, they were sweating, they were shaking, um, or even training people at the company how to be confident on air. You know, the things to tell yourself when you go on and seeing people accomplish that and be confident and feel good about themselves was so rewarding. I knew I needed to do this full time. And so what I do now, I, like you mentioned, I work with, with bankers. I work with entrepreneurs and lawyers and doctors and people across all industries. And people often come to me because they might be stuck or they need an additional viewpoint or a strategy. They're either having a challenge with their boss. Maybe they feel like they might be in jeopardy of um, getting laid off. They're not performing at the level they want to perform. Um, They don't have a clear path or direction um, in regards to where they want to go next. They want more. They want to achieve their goals. So that's what I I help people with, and that's usually why people come to me. That's fantastic. So now in this new role, how how is this – I know that you just mentioned that you're, you're being a stand or supporting your clients in a very different way, but what led you to this particular move? I mean, here you are on the top of your game, doing your thing, traveling the world, new life experiences, a life that many people can only dream about, and then you decided to, to go into business for yourself. That's a really – that's a really bold move. It is, and it is. It's, it's, there's, when you're working for a company, there's a sense of security. You might be in a union. You're getting a paycheck check every once a, you know, once a week or twice, twice a week or, or whatever it might be, twice a month, and all of a sudden you're going out on your own. But I knew in my heart of hearts, I knew that in order for me to be the most fulfilled to have my dream job, I was striving toward my dream job. And it was work. It was work. I thought I wanted to make the move. I wasn't sure, so I hired a coach. And that coach helped me through this journey. Okay, she didn't give me the answers, but we worked on it together and we strategized together. And together, 
I realized that this is the move that I, I needed to make, like that this is my dream job, helping people, giving people the tips and tools for confidence, for strategy, for getting ahead, for meeting goals, like the tips that I wish I had so many years ago and I didn't. So that is kind of my purpose and what drives me is to share to share my experiences and my expertise with others so they can feel better and they can achieve what what they really want to achieve. So who would you say like your ideal client is? So for our listeners who are listening to this interview, they're intrigued by your story and may be facing the same decision uh, that you did at one time, this crossroads uh, in a sense where you know, perhaps they're, they're making really good money and, and they're happy uh, with their current role, but they're not fulfilled and they, you know, they feel like perhaps they've outgrown their fish tank in a sense. What, who would you describe as your ideal client uh, so that that way uh, they would have a better understanding uh, on as to uh, if they should reach out to you or whatnot? Yes, you know, my ideal client is somebody who is ready to make changes, somebody who realizes that having that second opinion and a different set of expertise will help them, someone who is willing to put the work in because you can have a great chat with your coach and, and work, work on yourself and strategize, but there's still work to be done after. That's how you get maximum results. So like I mentioned, like I work with individuals across all professions and it's really people are, who are looking to take it to the next level, who recognize that that other set of expertise and tools um, can really help them accomplish kind of what they're looking for. Maybe it's a challenge at work. Maybe it's um, a challenging colleague that they're having a really hard time with. I mean, nobody likes to, to use the word as an adult that you're being bullied, but I've seen it quite a bit. And even experienced it a bit myself in my professional life where um, somebody maybe has a louder voice than you or is more aggressive or maybe pushes you around a bit. doesn't feel great, does it? So, you know, getting advice and new tools to, to speak up for yourself, to really speak up for yourself and have a strategy on how to know how to move forward and recognizing that this is not personal, this is business. And it, there is a difference. I love it. I love it. Elizabeth, I, I want to thank you again for sharing your story with us. Where can our audience find more information on you and, and reach out to you uh, in, as they may again be in this place where like, hey, they might need some help and, and some direction and uh, you uh, might be the perfect fit for them? Um, yes. So they can find me on my website. It's Elizabeth with a Z. K-O-R-A-C-A dot com or uh, any of my social media handles is Elizabeth K-O-R-A-C-A Fantastic, fantastic. Elizabeth, once again uh, I've loved the conversation. Thank you for, for sharing your time with us here uh, on the podcast on the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Thanks again. Life Hackers Hey, just wanted to take a quick message to thank you for your continued support. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us on many occasions, I want to personally thank you because we do this to support entrepreneurs just like you. Hey guys, please take 60 seconds today to visit iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. This will help us grow organically and inspire more entrepreneurs just like you. 
Now, while you're there, please leave us a review, and I promise to read each and every comment and apply your suggestions as we continue to improve our show. Also, if you like free stuff, then make sure to like our official Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs fan page for upcoming guest information and free giveaways. Guys, this is David Uvita, your host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give. If you are a small to mid-sized accounting firm and you are dissatisfied with your current IT security network's response time, visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions prides itself on providing its clients worry-free, rapid response and resolution times, usually within one hour or less. Visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions resolution and response times puts them in the top 3% of IT support companies nationwide. Schedule a free IT network security consultation for your business today by mentioning the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast at www.ins-network.com.